Hey everybody, Jeff Mazzone here, co-host of Rena Our Voice. Just a little addition to the beginning of this episode because you're going to see it's a little different. But today we have Dr. Stacy Lilly uh, joining us and it's it's a trip. So we hope you enjoy. And let me just introduce her and then we'll get right into the episode. Dr. Stacy C. Lilly received her PhD in counselor education from Virginia Tech in 2007. She has experience as a licensed school counselor, wellness director, and college counselor, private practice clinician, and clinical supervisor. Dr. Lilly is currently an assistant professor and program director of clinical mental health counseling at Liberty University. She enjoys presenting, training new counselors, and remaining clinically active in the field. In her free time, she heads south when possible to golf and scuba dive. Dr. Lilly enjoys outdoor activities and recharges her battery with friends, family, and her dogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of Renar Voice. I am one of your hosts, Robert Sotala, and with me, as always, my co-host and friend, Jeff Mazzone. How are you, Jeff? Hey, Robert. Good morning, bro. How you been? Uh, good. Holy week. It is, we're, yes. We're doing this. We're doing this. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, a, uh, it is certainly a, a powerful week you know, to, to reflect on the meaning of it really, you know, so I, uh, I'm excited to uh, celebrate that with my family. Hmm. Uh, kind of off topic. Are you a, um, are you a, a kind of, I want to say superstitious. Are, are, are you a spontaneous person or a very rigid, flexible person? Did you talk to my wife again? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, I seem to be hitting some 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 major buttons recently. Some here. sore spots. Y you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, spontaneity. I mean, when it comes to doing things, I mean, I generally am a homebody, so you really got to twist my arm to get me to leave the house. Okay, um, but structure. Do you do you need structure? Oh yeah, I'm I'm yeah. pretty regimented. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because. You know, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We've had kind of a a, a little bit. <laughs> All right, of a wait a structure. second. Every single time you're like, we're going to do something I do, different do. today, and it's like because we don't know what we're doing. Like that, every episode like, is something. <laughs> you know, we had to let the cat out of the bag, didn't you? You know, we we had it going so well there for, and you just let it let our listeners know oh. that uh, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. That's it's just it. something new every time. That's all. Every, um, that's it. What well, you know, we want to we want to keep it uh, different and fresh, and and uh, we are going to do something a little bit different today. Um, we're going to do a little bit something more, a little casual, I would call it. You know, more conversational mm. maybe than we we have in the past. And I'm excited. Um, we got a we got a wonderful guest with us today. Yep, today we have uh, Dr. Stacy Lilly, who's the program director of the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program at Liberty. Uh, both Robert. And I had her for intensives, so we're really happy to have her here. And and what a great guest to keep it real and keep it informal <laughs> and, and just have some fun. So, yeah, we just thought that we'll keep it light because it's you and, and we love you. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and you're right. Well, so. well, and I appreciate this, right? I think that it's great to get to, I don't know, have some casual talk with a professor because I think so many of those venues are kind of a little more stiff, right? Yeah. 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 And that's kind of been the, uh, the goal in the feel is almost like, you know, we want our listeners to feel like they're in a small room, just chatting with the, you know, the, the professors, the experts and, uh, you know, and me and Jeff try to keep it as light as we can. Uh, we've had some serious episodes, but for the most part, we keep it fun and light and just enjoy having that conversation. Good. So what I hear from that is I'm allowed to bring the party today. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah, Please. Absolutely. Yes. yes. All right. Can, can, that was good reflecting we, skills. Can we start with the, your traditional, uh, you know, class intro? As you, far as like my background? No, 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 no. How did we start every, uh, every intensive oh. in the morning? Yes. Yes. I would walk in and I would say, good morning, class. Good morning, Good morning, Dr. Dr. Lilly. Yeah. Okay, and then that would have been weak, and I would have that said, would... okay, guys, we're doing that again. Good morning, class. Good, Good morning, morning, Dr. Dr. Lilly. Lilly. Yes. Oh, that'd be a little bit better. And can I tell you how much I've missed that with the online intensives, mm, right? Because sure. when COVID hit, we had to move everything online kind of like quickly, but we didn't want students to skip a beat, you know, have DCP issues. So we're like, hey, let's just roll into this. But I still play my music, right, to get people jazz. And it's usually like my my Christian music during the week. And, you know, Friday, I'm breaking bad with like some, I'm going to call 80s and 90s. My kids are trying to call that oldies music. Stop, <laughs> stop. Um, but I still play my music. I still have my Devo and prayer time in the morning. But I'm like, 
man, I miss, I mean, cause you feel, I feel sort of like, I don't know who I want to be. Cause I really don't want to be Oprah or Ellen, but I'm telling you, I've got my mic in, I'm walking around the room. Right. It's just so cool. Like you feel like a yeah. superstar when you guys greet me like that in the morning. So I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. That's, that's probably one of my most memorable things of, of the intensive was, was just that every morning. And first time it was like, are we really going to do this? Like, is, is, are we going to, are really going to be able to do, but by like Wednesday, it was like, yes. Yeah. And then Thursday, everybody was chiming in. I know it's so cheesy because my, my kids, like, they're like, you're joking. Like, you haven't do it. I'm like, you don't understand what it feels like to hear them in unison and be at the front of that room. I don't know. It just feels cool. So I'm glad that you guys appreciate it, too. But, yeah, I just, it's hard to make sometimes fun. I mean, when you guys are having a lecture for three, four hours, right? Yeah, it's really great to have you. Um, just real quick before we get started, Dr. Like, you know, I, I had you in, in the first intensive 505. And at that point, I wasn't even sure that I should be on this path. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I was somewhat timid to come all the way down to Liberty and, and was, just wasn't sure that, that that's where I should be. And, and that first day, um, I was like, yeah, this is this is this is good. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, that whole week really solidified things. And, and you were certainly a, a, mm -hmm. an important part of that. So, you know, I just oh, wanted thank to thank you. you for for that, because it was it was a great week and, and just your personality and how you brought meaning to the class was just was was a powerful week for me so thank you for that thanks robert i joke about that that week will either make or break you i either solidify people should be here or they're like no way i'm out of here so i have a couple go the opposite way so i'm glad it was successful for you <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so we want to talk a little bit today on um just maybe maybe the right word is balance um, because I know personally, I struggle with that at times. And I, I think a majority of people do, you know, with, with family and school and work and, and, and all those different activities that we have going on. So just to start off, you know, could you just share a little bit how you prioritize not just your time, but maybe your emotional, intellectual, physical energy? Uh, because we only, we only come with so much, uh, and you probably have more than most, uh, from the energy standpoint, <laughs> but how, how do you prioritize with all the different demands of, of, you know, being a wife, being a mother, um, any other type of activities, whether it's church and, you know, you mentioned golf and, and, and scuba and your profession, yeah. everything that's required of you. How do you, how do you prioritize that? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. Um, and I want to do full disclaimer here. At the beginning of my career, I can tell you it was a bigger struggle than it is now. So for those out there listening that are like, oh, I'm just trying to keep my head above water, I hear that, right? Because I think especially early on, I mean, I recall my first real job, right, as a school counselor. I had already graduated my master's. Um, I came home and napped every day for two hours. Like, I was just <laughs> worn out emotionally, right, with all the stuff I was dealing with and a new job and just the overload of information. So when I hear my students say like, gosh, I'm just feeling overwhelmed and overloaded. I'm having trouble keeping up, right? I, I hear that, I hear that. And I can honestly say I've been there, right? I've done that. And I think for me right now, being the seasoned counselor, right? That I am and trying to make every day better, right? Than yesterday. So today I wanna to be a little bit better than yesterday and hopefully tomorrow a little bit better than today. I think the first thing for me is really just to be intentional. Because people want wellness. It sounds good, right? That's a nice, oh, I want to be balanced. I want to be well. But if we're not intentional about it, it's never going to happen. And so I'll hear students say like, well, when I finish this program, I'm going to X, Y, Z. Or when I get through this, I'm going to, and I'm like, okay, but because we know our field is so stressful, we can't wait. So I think everyone needs to have a sense of urgency about this truly. And for me, um, my biggest asset, I think, is assessment, right? Constantly assessing myself and saying, okay, where am I? Like you said, emotionally, physically, intellectually, where do I want to be? And it's got to be reasonable, right? Right, Robert? I've got to be reasonable about it because I say, ah, I've only got so much time. And a lot of people and things will suck up your time mm -hmm. if you're not intentional, Right. And so I've really learned over the years to kind of weed out what I would say are those things or those people that aren't aiding to my life. And they're just kind of sucking right <laughs> from my life and, and being able to say, you know what, it's not worth my time. And um, 
it's hard, right? It's hard to say no. It's hard to prioritize because we want to be helpful. We're in this field to be helpful. And so I think for me, really kind of setting some boundaries and some hard lines with things that may or may not be worth my time, not feeling guilty about it, right? Being reinforced that I made the right choice and it's okay. It's it's good for me. I did the right choice at the right time. I'm going to justify it and say, it's okay. It's good. And then um, I really also am super careful to make sure that my time is lining up with my priorities. So if I say my family's first, like if I'm saying family's first, I put them at the top, right? And okay, I'm saying really God's at the top, right? But you know, family is my first like day-to-day commitment stuff that I'm like, ah, family got to keep them, keep them moving. Um, and I have a daughter who's graduating college this year and I have two boys in high school. Um, so we've got a lot going on um, with a husband, two puppies. It's, it's always fun stuff at our house. But if I'm saying family's my priority, I can't spend most of my time and energy at work, right? How does that balance? It does it. So I'm really careful on if I'm putting something as priority and however I sort of generate that list for myself, I'm balancing, right? My, my actions, my energy with that, uh, because I think that's where people get, um, I don't know, super discombobulated, right? They want to say family is their most important, but they're spending all their time at work and school and there's no energy left for family. And then there's almost like that conflict, right? That that turmoil of like, ah, you know, I'm just not happy with the way this is. So um, I could say lots of time, right? All right, lots of time, lots of thought, assessment and reassessment and constant checking yourself, really just to kind of make sure that's balanced is I, I think key, key for students. Dr. Lee, you mentioned um, before that it was harder for you when you were starting your career and, and just looking at the timeline, like, you know, maybe you were having children around that time or your children were little, like, what did that look like? Because that seems to be a common experience among a lot of students. Like most of us are not fresh college graduates who are now in this program and becoming professionals. Like the, we're coming in later in life. We have young families. Yeah. We're trying to balance all those things. What did that look like for you? That's a great question, Jeff. So I was married at the beginning of my master's. So I went through undergrad, started my master's. So I did have that traditional student feel where most of the students in our program, you're right, or not, it's second career. They're older. I think our average age is like 33 in our program. So I was able to go straight through for my master's. But when I started my PhD, is when it was really crazy. I was working full time. Um, I had a two-year-old and a four-month-old, right? And started my PhD. And then two years later had child number three and my PhD took, you know, almost five years. And so that was super crazy. I worked full time the first three years of my doc program. And so I really think during that PhD experience, I related more, I think, to most of our students when I when I hear their stories. Um, And I think at that point, you know, I had a lot of heart to hearts with my spouse. I, I really did just to say, hey, here's here's where I am. Right. And I had a couple of close friends, but I can honestly tell you this has developed over the years and been key, key for me in my wellness. Having these people, which I would call in my immediate intimate circle, they get to breathe into me. Because I think, unfortunately, when we're keeping our head above the water with all these things we're juggling, we're not really great at being vulnerable. We're not great. And I say we, meaning me. I was not great, right? And I'm so, with you. I'm in that I, boat, I, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, <laughs> right? I need some help here. Um, I can't do all this. I can't keep up. Instead, we just pushed through. I was pushing through, and I was trying to keep up. And, um, and, and when stuff would fail, right, then I'd beat myself up, right? Like, ah, that's not the best. So it was almost like having these conversations with my husband. These were these were imperative to me and even my girlfriends, making sure I carved out this space um, of being able to be vulnerable and say, listen, something's got to give here. This is not great. Um, I've got to take some stuff off. Can you brainstorm with me? Right. I would learn from my girlfriends the good stuff they were doing. Totally steal those ideas. <laughs> start, I mean, copy those, right? And start using those in my life. And really having, I mean, I was fortunate, right? I had a fabulous husband. I had fabulous grandparents because going through grad school, um, it does take a village, even though I sometimes hate how the village mentality is used. I needed all kinds of social support. I needed family and I needed friends and I needed those people who believed in me and cheered me on and said, hey, we've got you. We've got you. You covered on that. And then being able to let some stuff go. The fact that my house wasn't always clean, like pre-kids, man, I was on point with that. 
kids come and you just want one room, right? You change your expectation. You just want one room without some some kids' toys, like just one room. Can I just have one nice room that feels a little feng shui? So when I come in at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, look, before I see the rest of the house. So I changed my expectations. I made them much more, more realistic. And I think having those really, what I would call real talks, right? With husband and parents and the other set of in-laws, my, my other grandparents, just to say, listen, I need some help here. I can't keep going like this. It's not healthy. And I feel like when you call on those that are in your intimate circle, they want to help you. They do. But for some reason, right? I don't fill in the blank. Is it pride? Is it um, not wanting to admit and be vulnerable? I don't know. But for some reason, we just don't want to say, here's how I'm doing. I'm struggling. Here's what I need. But think about it. When my friends come to me and say, I have a need, I'm like, I'm there. Yeah, thanks for telling me. I didn't even know. And then we want to be supportive. So I think I just use so many resources, Jeff, early on to kind of make it through that time. And every little success had the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Because I would have some crazy writing days. When you're doing that dissertation, some crazy writing days, meeting deadlines, trying to make stuff happen. But I would always balance. Like I made sure that I worked out before I did that because I needed to get my mind in a good space. I, I didn't, I mean, I don't even like working out, right? But I made myself work out. I don't, I don't even like working out, but I knew if I'm going to sit there for four hours, I better go throw some weights around because it feels good. So I'd make myself work out. I would come right. I made myself like literally shut the door on writing and have kid time. I'm like, man, my lunch break, I took a two hour lunch break, just played with my kids, just had lunch with them, usually picnics, fun stuff. They would go down for a nap with the sitter and then I'd head back down to my office in the basement and I'd write, write, write for like three more hours. So I was really intentional that when I was with my kids, fully present with my kids, when I was with my work, fully present with my work, but really setting the, that those balance and boundaries, right? Because our mind can keep thinking. And, and I didn't even have, I, I don't even know what kind of phone we were on way back then, but it's not near the intrusion, right? That we have now with emails and text and, um, work venues like teams where people can ping you, I, I, you know, it's just like, wow, even now it's more so, I think, important that people are strong about where they prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. A couple things that you were sharing there. I, I agree hundred percent with that intentionality. Um, you know, it just doesn't happen by accident. And, and there's a piece of, the, of self-care that I think is so, so critical, but I know for myself, that piece it gets pushed to the bottom of the pile, you know, and when really it, I've learned that when I'm practicing good self-care, I fill myself up more and are able to pour out more because once my tank's empty, I'm empty. Mm. So, you know, but that self-care piece I've always in my past neglected. And I think it's that mentality of, you know, pull your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, just get back in the game. Uh, don't mm -hmm. fail, you know, all those kind of things. And like I said, there's numerous reasons, but I've had to learn over time that if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm I'm useless to those that I love around me. You know, Robert, I love that because I always think about the airplane analogy, right? You put your own mask on first before you put it on the others. And it seems backwards because you think, mm -hmm. oh, I want to save those around me first. But you're right. If I can't breathe and I'm dying, how do I have anything right to give to those around me? And I think as counselors, we should do this better than the average person. And as Christians, we should do this better than the average person and and we don't but there's nothing else to give to your family to your friends to your clients and that's why i feel like the last say 15 20 years you've seen the literature the burnout the vicarious trauma all these things you can't even pick up a journal today without seeing some of that because it is so true we just it's we're not intentional we don't stop we don't do it and so yeah i feel like if you can learn this in grad school like, dear younger me, right? Like, I'm telling you guys this after 25-ish years in the field. But if you can learn this, especially in grad school now, make it a focus and then keep maturing that wellness and balance. Man, you guys will be giants, right? A whole lot quicker because I'm still, right? I'm still working through this. I've mm. not arrived yet. But wow, what an awesome impact that will have on you, your family, your clients. Yeah. I love that airplane analogy. I, I've used that before and people look at me like I'm crazy. And, and I think I, from my own experience, I think it's it's a misinterpretation of reading the gospel, for example, and Jesus's exhortations, you know, you have to save your life by losing it and put yourself last. And mm -hmm. I think we, 
we can kind of over-spiritualize those passages and then therefore it converts into our personal emotional life and we put ourselves last because we think that we're following Jesus's commandment. And that doesn't bear fruit and it doesn't bear life. It actually is the opposite. But I know for me, I had to unlearn what I learned about what I thought Jesus was saying in order to be holy and virtuous. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's great because we just, we don't think that way. We think that we're supposed to be putting everyone else first because we'll be self-centered or selfish if we don't. That's right. And I, yeah, I guess just trying to wrap my head around what that looks like in the day-to-day, -day. especially in marriage. I am really struggling with that right Are now. Are you saying you're selfish? Yes. <laughs> okay, all right, just check yes. it. Did you, obviously you didn't ask my wife that question. because <laughs> that's, that's episode 14. Well, we'll cover that one. All right. <laughs> What did that look like for you, Dr. Lily, just in terms of, of your marriage? I mean, just putting that yeah. relationship first. and Yeah, so we have definitely gone through seasons of this, right? And I feel like, so Tim and I have been married, I'm going to say 26, but sometimes I'm off a year here or there. So <laughs> I would have to really kind of sit there and do some math. And it's too early. I'm still on, right, cup number one and a half. But um, so I think for me, really, um, so I will say the intentionality. Something I've gotten much better over the last few years is starting my morning off with scripture. Now, reality is um, hit the floor. And my first thing is, right, get some glasses, go to the bathroom and take the dogs out. That's my first thing. Take the dogs out, walk through the woods, drink my coffee and start being like, OK, here we go. Day. So as soon as I kind of get myself hacked together, right, I'm into the scripture. And I love starting my day off with that because if I don't, it won't happen for me. It doesn't. Um, I'm too tired at night. Uh, lunch break sometimes happens, sometimes doesn't. So I really appreciate starting my day off with scripture. And I try to sprinkle what I would call wellness and especially my spiritual growth throughout the day. Right. So I'm big on listening to music. Um, I'm big on communing with friends. And, and I think when we think about our marriage, right, the funny thing is, Jeff, I find. And I'll speak personally, it's a whole lot easier giving to my kids sometimes giving to my friends in need. And then there's the spouse, right? There's the spouse. And so making sure they don't have the leftover, right? Mm. Making sure that we're intentional. And so it's kind of hard for us. I'll be honest with you. My husband, Tim, is amazing. Like, I love him. And I love the fact he's in a completely different field. He's a businessman. I feel strong about that. Now, I know people who marry counselors, but I'm telling you, it's so great that we're in different fields and we don't work together because we were able to really leave those work jobs aside right and so a couple things that i think we've done over the years that i truly felt have kept our family in a good place and our marriage in a good place um one is nightly dinners it seems so old school but like we have nightly dinners i love cooking now i love an instapot and an air fryer so don't get me wrong i don't need a long <laughs> deep two-hour cooking but i love cooking i love us having a family meal we do this every night and even if our boys are in sports we still figure out how at least I would say uh, three or four nights a week, because we have year around sports. I would say three or four nights a week, we're having family dinner. I love that time. Um, it We connect, it's a connection time, and we're really careful about topics of conversation. We don't bring up a bunch of work junk, unless it's funny stories. Oh my gosh, I saw the craziest thing today. Let me share it with you. We don't usually talk about political and social issues, unless it's personal to my family. So I'm very careful about our conversation, um, what we're talking about, how we're connecting, um, and really giving my kids a chance, chance for them to talk and us to listen. So we've always uh, practiced that. And I, and I feel like we didn't know then how important it was going to be. But now that I have a 16 and an 18 and a 20-year-old, man, it's, it's like, ah, that was so good. The other thing Tim and I have always done, and this is where when you were talking about the selfish piece, um, we connect daily through conversation and it's not the task list of, hey, don't forget this tomorrow. Hey, we need to pick up this because that's a typical conversation, right? Just checking mm. stuff off. Got to get it done. We have more connections like, hey, let's talk about your day or let's talk about our kids. And not where it's exhausting, because if you have a kid going through something, I limit that conversation. Hey, like if my husband brings it up, I'm like, that's fine. You've got five minutes. For us to talk about Davis and his government because he is wearing me out with that. So we're not going to talk about that more than a couple minutes because we could just go round and round about that. So really kind of protecting our conversation, our time. We take vacations together. Tim and I do at least one, possibly two adult vacations a year. Now, as I say this, I'm sure people are like, okay, but we don't have the time or we don't have the means or we don't have the finances. 
make that look like for you, whatever that looks like. So it used to be for us camping in a tent in Pipestem, West Virginia. Like literally we would drive away and do that. And guys, as I've gotten older, no, I don't tent camp anymore. No, I'm a little more cushioned than that. Are you kidding me? My back could not even handle that. Back in the day, I'm saying when I was young, right? I could do that. But um, we spend that time together. And I remember going away, Addison, uh, my oldest, she was getting ready to turn a year old. We went away for a week. It was right before her birthday. I, it was hard. That first, man, that first kid was so much harder than all the others getting adjusted and, um, we had issues with her after birth. I mean, I remember like sitting there holding her and crying. And then I'm like asking my doctor, make sure I don't have postpartum because I don't know. And she's like, no, you're just crazy hormonal. Okay, good. Just checking. Um, it was so tough. We decided to go away. And you know, I was like, even up until the day, I feel really bad about this. I feel really guilty. We're leaving Addison. Ah, right. And I'm in grad school when my kids are little. Ah, this time away, I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling guilty. We just made sure that we connected because I think to intellectually to emotionally and to physically connect with your spouse has to get be given space so am i talking about intimacy 100 percent, yes it needs to be like on the calendar and it needs to be given space um and we used to do silly stuff with our kids like um silly but not silly if tim had to work late and the kids ate at like five right so i would feed them dinner and then we would have adult dinner my kids knew I, they will probably tell you that this was like you know tormenting them they knew they couldn't come into the dining room um, i'm like dad and i are having adult time i need you to sit there because we have adult stuff we want to talk about my kids would have to sit there and watch us eat and they would be like are you still having adult time are, are you done yet because they were so dying or we would sit on the couch and i'd be like dad and i are going to take 10 minutes on the couch to talk and connect I need I need you to, to sit there and play because they would want to come and sit in between us. Right. That's what kids do because they're innately kind of selfish. And I'd have to say, no, hey, guys, dad and I were here first. You came into our life. You will someday grow and go out of our life. And it's still just dad and I. And I think there's a philosophy there in parenting that some people are very child centered in, in their family. We were very parent centered to where, hey, dad and I are first. Our relationship is first. If our relationship's not healthy, I can't parent healthy. I can't be a healthy mom. I have to be a healthy spouse first. And so I don't call that selfish, right? I call that part of wellness and well-being. And even now, like if my kids, if we're like, hey, dad and I have a date night, we're going out, right? I mean, we used to schedule that at least twice a month with the babysitter. And I would swap with friends because we were dirt poor guys when I was in grad school. We were dirt poor. So I'd swap with friends. Hey, I'll take your guys tonight. Can you take my next weekend? Because we need to have connection time. And I think it's so important, um, especially, Jeff, when you're talking about from your standpoint, doing that for your wife. Can you imagine if you're like, hey, babe, I lined up. Um, we're, we're going out to dinner Friday night. Lined up a sitter. Um, anyway, going to your favorite place. I've got reservations. She'd be swooning. Are you kidding me? Every wife wants that. Everybody wants that. So I think it's really important, right? Make that happen. Put it on the calendar. Um, find out activities you guys like. Because my husband and I have activities we like separate from each other. But I took up golfing, right? Because of my husband. We were dating. I had signed up for tennis in college. And then I was like, oh, wait. I better take golf because Tim was a golfer. And it's been great because now on vacation, right? We take clubs. And then two years ago, we added scuba diving. So, yeah. Make it happen. Prioritize. Yeah, I think that um, priority list is such an important thing. I, I know for me, I, I have it. And then, you know, I have I have like a top, a bottom line, a red line. And and those above it, you know, God, self-care, my, my marriage and my kids are in that order, non-negotiable. That has to be the order. And then I have a, a line where it's everything else underneath, you know, work, school, hobbies, whatever it may be. And what I find is those things below the line tend to want to jump up above the line and, and take place. And so I know that um, when that happens, I change. I change physically, I change emotionally, wow. I change spiritually. And that to me is a red flag. And, and it actually, you know, my wife catches that red flag probably much quicker than, than I do. She sees it. Are there some red flags? Is there some some warning signs for you that you you know that you might be out of balance or those priorities are maybe out of order? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. 
Robert, and I think you hit the main point for me is that those around you usually are the ones that notice first. So again, if I don't have those people in my intimate circle that can't be real with me, talk to me, share with me, right? Then that's going to be a problem because then I'm unapproachable and no one's going to want to tell me. And so I definitely think, right, that is closest to me notice first, like you were saying with your wife. And so I would say any changes, period, should be noted. If you have your usual self and something's out of whack, it's okay to be out of whack for a couple of days. But when stuff starts getting out of whack for a couple of weeks, like red flags should be going off. So for me personally, a um, couple of my little telltale signs. One is sort of irritability, right? I just get kind of grumpy. It's almost like hangry, but I'm not. Right? I'm just like this grumpy kind of person. And that's not me to be grumpy. And I'm a little snippy. And I'm just kind of curt with people. And my, my kids will look at me and they'll be like, Mom. And if they do that, I know, right? I just know. I'm like, uh, okay. And so I always do like a retake, like, Okay, sorry, what I meant to say was, and I totally do a rewind erase and redo it because I'm like, oh, I just got, you know, round. Um, so the other thing I noticed for me is sleep, right? So what I'll start to do that's so unhealthy is burning the candle at both ends. I'm trying to get a few more things done at night and I'm big on turning off electronics and having some quiet time about an hour before I go to bed. That's usually reading. That's usually talking to my husband, maybe even just flipping through some magazines, but just telling my brain, hey, we're shutting down here. I also drink like a sleepy time tea. So when I have my tea, everyone knows, oh, mom's having her tea. Like they know this is it. We're going into going to bed soon. And I'm really, I'm really religious, like truly about my sleep time. I'm like 10 o'clock in bed. And if not like 1030, because then the problem happens, I'll be like 1030, 11, 12, because I just want to get all this stuff done. So I have to be like seriously religious about it. And then what will happen is if I'm not doing well or I'm dealing with a lot of stuff or I'm stressed, in the morning, I wake up and instead of being like oh, waking up five minutes before my alarm clock and sitting there and enjoying the morning, just kind of, okay, so I usually do some stretches in bed and some deep breathing. I'm laying there. I start going, I got to do this, 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 this. I start doing the tick, tick off. I'll go to bed ticking. So I keep a post-it note and pen beside my bed. So if for some reason, something jumps in my mind at night. Now, the sleepy time tea helps with this. Uh, but if something jumps in my brain at night, I just write it down, done, out of my brain, gone. But I can tell if I start ticking in the morning, I'm like, oh, feeling overwhelmed, feeling overwhelmed. And I need to just start to, to do some things. Um, and I always, I talked about like intermittently throughout the day doing things. I'm a nature girl. So my friends kind of joke me that I sort of have this side to me that's kind of, I don't know, Right. I like clothes. I like shoes. I, I'm, I'm like a little bit prissy right on that piece. But I'm also the one who's like in the woods hiking. Like, I don't know. I just like that outdoor piece. And that refreshes my soul. So at least twice a day, many times more like three, I am outside in the woods. My dogs bring me tons of joy. And so we have a COVID puppy. Kimber just turned one. Ruger is now seven weeks old, just got him. So good times. Um, so I'm in the woods. I'm watching them play and jump over the logs and I'm walking in the woods and the sun on my face like that just feels so good to me. So especially if I've had a tough meeting or I've graded papers for an hour and a half, I'm like 20 minutes in the woods. Like I make myself stop and go do that um, and put that in there. And so for me, it's when I don't have those times. And I'm like, I've been sitting here for four hours, which we know we can do. You start reading, you start writing this massive chunk of time. And then I'm like, okay, this is so unhealthy. I haven't eaten, <laughs> haven't gone to the bathroom, haven't gone to the woods and like hung out. So I really have to kind of constantly monitor myself. But I love that those around me can usually let me know. And if I feel flat, that's always my husband's sign. If he's like, hey, you want to get together with so-and-so this weekend? I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure I'm feeling it. He's like, really? Because I mean, I'm a foodie and getting together with my friends and eating good food is always like, a woo, yeah, let's do it this weekend. If I'm flat about something that I'm normally not flat about, he's like, oh, what do you need? How are you doing? <laughs> like, he just, he just kind of knows. So I think you're right, Robert. Let those people around you breathe into you about it. You being aware of it and then boom, implement change immediately. Don't wait. So important. Yeah. My wife and I are talking about maybe moving down to Virginia, especially if looking at the PhD program at Liberty. And my wife, you know, being a New Yorker, she's worried about the food in Lynchburg. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, we'll just talk to Dr. Lily. She knows where to eat in Lynchburg. 
That's exactly right. You know, I keep that running list and I rate them. And I've actually got a couple since you're intensive. Jeff, I've added a couple more to my list. So yes, I'm all about some good food. <laughs> yes. I'll help you out. Tell her to call me. We'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> just on that point, just getting, you know, into liberty in particular, you know, Robert and I, we get a lot of, of opportunities to spend time with professors and it just seems like if you're just a student in an eight week class with a professor, you really have no idea what a professor's life is like. And then, right. you know, we get to talk with you all and, and meet with you. And we just see that you are pulled in many different directions. Like mm -hmm. it's not even about wearing different hats. It's just total, it's all related, but also not related at all. So I don't know, like, how do you, how do you do it? How do you manage all of these different things, deadlines and projects and meetings and grading papers and showing up for class and, Oh, and then all everything in the research side and presenting and writing and it just ah, it's a lot yeah it's a lot it is a lot it's funny um i always kind of judge how i'm doing with things based on post-it notes my my desk starts getting crazy with post-it notes so then last week i actually decided jeff you know what? i'm done with the post-it notes because when i see them i'm just like because <laughs> the post-it note means you're now priority mm -hmm. wait no 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 you're now priority and so i've got this content so i started in a notebook because dr simmons um, likes to color coordinate her notebook and and she has pens for certain things and I used to think what but it's so her and it's so cute so I'm like I'm gonna start the notebook so I'm writing stuff down in my notebook um, but I block off my calendar and I think it's especially important because at Liberty we all use the Outlook calendar and if someone has a need and they see I have an opening they'll pop themselves on my calendar and they'll say like oh hey I need to meet with you about this student or I've got a research question about this but I do the same, right? Like with a group, I'm writing an article right now. And so I'm like, boop, article meeting. And so I, I look at their calendar and I see they're all open and I pop it on there. And so that's one thing that I've really done is I started blocking my calendar and chunking. I'm only gonna grade papers for an hour, hour and a half. And I'm better, right? After like three or four papers, I'm like, mm, gotta go get up, get a snack, get something to drink, do something, and then come back and do it. So I'm really good about chunking off my calendar. And I really don't wanna do anything after five o'clock six o'clock at night we have dinner about six thirty, so i'll start a little dinner get a little work done but i'm super careful about like not letting all of those things that you have to do creep into other time you know saturday morning i'll sometimes do work for just a couple hours because everybody's still sleeping at my house so i've taken the puppies out i've done my walk um you know i'll like answer a few emails and do some stuff but i think we really have to work hard on preserving that time and it goes back to priority because, guys, work is never, I don't care where you work at, it's never all done. Mm -hmm. I have never, ever in a job, and for sure since I've been at Liberty, and for sure since I, I, I took on the program director hat, right? I have never said, oh, there's nothing to do. I have nothing to do. No, but what I will say is on, like, this past Saturday, I'm like, oh, I have nothing pressing. Sure, I had some emails I needed to answer. I could do those later, right? I've got 36 hours to get back to students. So I'm like, I can do those later. Um, I don't have any discussion boards to grade. So we totally uh, just did something fun, like blew off three or four hours. And I think people have to do that, um, not letting it creep in. And so for me, staying organized, being organized with my calendar, uh, keeping like that running list gets it out of here for me because, you know, it's in my mind and I'm like, ah, I got so much to do. But if I write it down, it's amazing how that just, transfers it to, oh, it's now paper, it, it's good. And I love to cross it off because my daughter laughs. She goes, you know, you can just set reminders in your calendar. And I do for the dumb, dumb, like silly stuff to remind me. Cause I'm all about like, why should I waste brain power remembering that? I can remind myself, but I really like that physical, like it's something about crossing it off, Yeah. right? That I get to do that. And so, um, yeah, it never all gets done. And I just release that, right? It, I'll get to it eventually, it'll happen and you know, the ones that scream the loudest, because um, this makes me laugh, Jeff. Remember how I owed you that recommendation letter? Remember? Yes. Yes. Yep. I got it done at the last minute, right? Because it was Thanks one of those that. things of like, eh, <laughs> just wasn't screaming. I got it done. It happened. It just <laughs> wasn't like, important. <laughs> it was important, but it wasn't like as important, right? As some of these things. So it, it cracks me up, Robert, that he's asking this question. I'm thinking he knows how I am about this. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't even get in anyway, so it was a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good shot. That was a good shot. Yeah, it, it's so interesting because I I can relate to a lot of that. I, I'm a list person and I love ch checking it off. But you know, one of the things I struggle with is is I get to the end of the week and there's a lot still on the list. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I just, I, I didn't get everything on my list. So I've had to really kind of tell myself I didn't get everything done. That's okay. But look at everything I did do. You know, there's yeah. a lot of checks or a lot of crosses on that. And I, I had a coworker that used a hot, cold, a hot, warm, cold list. Very similar, you know, where he would, he would yeah. write things in different colors. And I said the same thing. I said, that's silly. <laughs> you know, and and then I was like, all right, maybe it isn't so silly because it actually is very, very effective technique. So um, I, I agree 100 percent. And I think it just to, to kind of maybe wrap this up and summarize some of this is, you know, my for those that are around my my circle know that one of my favorite words is intentionality mm-hmm. um, through my life. What I've had to realize is that, you know, I had to be intentional to keep those priorities in, in, in everything I did. And, and I think to me, that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is none of this happens by accident. None of this, you know, just is going to miraculously change unless there is that intentionality. And I think that's such an, uh, for, a hard part for some people is to be intentional, you know, reserve that white space on their calendar, um, make those dates, whatever it may be. And I, I'm certainly still struggling with pieces of that, but I think it's it's it has to start with me. It has to start with me wanting to be intentional with my life and yeah. I can choose either way. And and so I, I think that that's a, a good reminder for me because I am right now in the season of one of those stretch Armstrongs uh, where I'm getting pulled in, in every every direction and I feel it. And so it's mm-hmm. a reminder today, today that uh, I need to be more intentional with that. So thank you for sharing everything you did today. I, I greatly appreciate it. Hey, it's so my pleasure. And you know, it's funny. One thing we didn't touch on, Robert, I'll just throw it in super quick for people to think about is that intentionality of attitude. So one thing that was very powerful for me in grad school, um, I read a couple books on it and I'm a big fan of like positive psychology, but really in the morning setting my day with to-do list, do-do-do-do-do. I also at the end of the day, I'm a big, let's count my blessings before I fall asleep. So I reflect in my mind about the day and some of those positive things that happened over the day and you know when we talk about the list i have the work list i also have the personal list and i feel really good when i get some of those personal things done right and that balance and so i do a work thing and a personal thing and a work thing and a personal thing and even if the personal thing is like call the the groomer to get the dog scheduled check did it Mm. you know it could be something as simple as that but i really feel like many times our mind will get in and start that negative what i call that stinking thinking cycle right because you're overwhelmed and you have a lot going on and so i'm just really careful i mean i'm so excited about this week right as we work into holy week and and work towards you know this weekend um spending time with family and i've been thinking about like you know the traditions we do and new things i want to incorporate um i i just love the fact that if we can set our mind at a good place of that it's okay i'm going to get this stuff done eventually but also like you said robert the positive stuff i'm like wow i feel good and i should feel good look what i got done it's super important to kind of train our brain and to stay positive through all this because we're going to keep getting dumped on, right? It's it's inevitable with everything around us. But it's like, hmm, I think how we choose to handle that, how we choose to think about that is elementary, but so key. Yeah. Well, Dr. Leah, I hope after this episode, you can cross out podcasts and get that dopamine yeah. hit. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, off the uh, the bucket list, probably, Jeff. I mean, I'm sure that that was right up there for Dr. Lily scuba diving, hey. dolphin at the masters podcast with on hey, reader voice. This is oh, my boy. first ever podcast. What? Is, it's really? Oh, come on. Yes. No, for real. And I got to tell my boys last night. I'm like, hey, I've got a podcast tomorrow. And they looked at me like, so I'm like, no, some students that are really rocking the CSI thing. I'm like, it's cool. They created this podcast and they've asked me to come speak. And they're like, really? Like, what do you have to share? I'm like, I got some stuff up here. I got some stuff, right? But you get you get no notoriety from your kids, right? No, so you get nothing, and that's what Robert knows all about that. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Lily, I, I have, cool. yeah, I have a 16 and 13 year old daughter, or 16 year old son, 13 year old daughter. My 13 year old says when she listens to this, Dad, you're so cringy. So that's 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 the word I get. I'm, I'm cringy. I get that I, all the time <laughs> when I record videos for my students. They'll be like, seriously, mom, cringy. It wasn't until my daughter went to college. She's actually at Liberty, right? She's had some professors do some really bad recordings. That's the only way I looked good. Robert was after they saw someone that was worse than me or my boys when they ended up going like with COVID, right? Stuff online. 
they're like, mom, they shot the video from the bathroom. Cause I'm always like, Hey, scenery is important. Dress is important. Like all this is important. And they're like, mom, they were in the bathroom shooting the video. I'm like, see, I'm not so bad. And they're like, no, you're still cringy, but yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. And my son said, it's a good podcast if it didn't have you in your voice. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, mean. So, yeah. 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 Well, my, hey, my, they, they love me. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah, somewhere deep down. And they, I, all I can tell you, Robert, is they will come around because my 20 year old. Well, OK, she's always been a gem. But but she's definitely at this place of like, you know, hey, mom, so and so needs an internship. They're an undergrad psych. I'm like, so where are they located? I'm like, oh, I've got connections there. Let me help your friend out. So now I get to like, you know, use some of my stuff with connections. But I remember my youngest about a year ago. He was like, I just don't understand how you're a professor. And I'm like, Grant, what are you talking about? He goes, I mean, like you, like you. And I'm like. Okay, like what what about it's confusing, right? I went to college for 11 years. I've had XYZ. This is my third place teaching. Like, I don't understand like why that's confusing. He goes, yeah, it's just, he goes, wow. I don't know. It just, it it blows my mind. (laughs) And I really think what he's talking about is because they see us at home, right? They see us so goofy. They see us. And then it's like, wow, I'm trying to picture you as professional mom. And he even said to me, he goes, do people really call you Dr. Lily? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, they do. They actually do. Kids keep us humble, right, Robert? That's why we yes, have Yes, they, they do. They, they certainly do. Um, my, my kids, I've spent the last 20 years as an engineer and my son and, and is like, you know, you're not really an engineer. You're, you know, it's like, yeah, I honest, I do have the degree and the license to, to bag it up. So Jeff, enjoy this time because your, your daughters just think you're the world of you right now. Oh yeah. You know? They, they love the podcast. They love watching daddy play music. Everything I do is fantastic, yep. you know, and that's good. Enjoy but- it. Enjoy it. <laughs> And hold true that when they break away for a few years and you're an idiot and they can't stand you, you don't understand them, they will come back, Jeff. Yeah. Like, just keep telling yourself, this too shall pass. That's what I say when I see some ugliness or my kids say something, I'm like, hurtful, hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this this too shall pass. They will come back around because I recall thinking my parents were really unrelatable. And then one day I was like, wow, I had the best parents ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maturity kicks in, uh, emotional, physical, intellectual, and you're like, Wow, super blessed. So I just keep telling them, I'm like, boys, I'm just holding out, holding out. This too shall yeah. pass. Yeah. That's great. That's right. Well, well, we are honored that we are your first podcast um, episode. You know, yeah. that's 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 humbling, really. And it's I mean, been great. I'll do it again. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I mean, little little self disclosure. So way back when, when we started the chapter and we were planning events. Robert and I were like, can we just have like unstructured time with Dr. Lily? Can we just make that an event? Like, <laughs> like, I, that's in the first meeting notes, our first meeting. It is, really is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And we got it, Jeff. So here we, here did, we go. Finally. And we get that's to share awesome. it with others. So that's, that's it. great. Yeah. Because, and that's the whole purpose of this. We don't get these opportunities with you and, and with our professors. And, and these conversations are oftentimes as formative and in other ways more formative than the formal structure of just what we can learn and glean in, in conversation. Um, I love that, Jeff, because I love the mentoring piece. And I mm. think there's a handful of faculty, I won't say all of them, but I, I, I wanna even go and be positive and say the majority, but at least I know a handful that love the mentoring piece. And so I feel like anything that we can share right? The mistakes that we've learned from or the things that were really good. Like how awesome that we get to kind of pass that on to you. Cause I, I mean, I know our slogan is training champions for Christ. And some people are like, what? That's kind of cheesy. I'm like, no, I take that to heart. Like I, I want you guys to be well. I want you to launch uh, in your residencies and in your licensure and just be like, yeah, you know, um, even better, right? Than I was at that point and learn and continue to grow that. And so yeah, I love this opportunity. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. And I think that, um, yeah, if we can just touch a few lives with this, right? If it will just help a few glean some insight, then it's so worth the time. Mm-hmm. I was laughing, Robert, at your word, because my word, right, is genuine and authentic. Like, I feel like when I think of words of what I truly want to wear as a crest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love intentionality too, but I'm always like, I want to be genuine and authentic. And I think it's just talking. That's the problem is sometimes professors, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they feel like they can't be vulnerable like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my kids are like, mom, you're so goofy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally am. Um, and I'm okay with that. Right. I'm good because this is me. Yeah. And what you see is what you get. 
Yeah. That's so true. And, and so much for my life, I was, I was a chameleon, you know, I, I, Mm. I, I morphed into what people wanted me to be. So that, that's, that rings so true. And, you know, intentionality piece has really been a part of my life because, you know, being uh, in a recovery lifestyle or a recovery community Mm. that doesn't happen by accident you know, that, yeah. that, that has to have intentionality. So I quickly learned that if I wanted to change my life, then it had to be, I had to be intentional with it. There was, yeah. there was no magic pill. There was no accidental. There was no, you know, if, if God wanted to, he could send that beam of uh, lightning down and cure me and fix me, but that's not what he's going to do. He wants that transformation. And that happens through yeah. me being intentional. So I love that. Yeah. And then you yeah. have the story, right? Yeah. And then you absolutely. got the story and you get to influence others. Yeah. And that's why I'm at liberty, to be honest with you. It was through mm. that, through that, that experience. So that's awesome. Yeah. You're very affirming, Dr. Lily. You kind of, my heart leaps <laughs> a little bit when you, uh, when you talk about us. <laughs> it's just about our group and yeah. Yeah. Well, just in general, you have this gift, like when you're speaking about someone, you do it with like a real tender, affirming, truth-telling kind of way. And and I mean, mm-hmm. for me, with all my woundedness, I, I, you know, it, it always kind of jolts me a little bit in a good way. So yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Dr. Kirk has a very similar gift. So every yes. time she kind of hones in on one of us, I feel like I'm getting like nurtured and fed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful exchange too. So thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as professors, right, we need that. We need that because we, I mean, it's lonely being a professor in an online world. And mm-hmm. so I feel like when I'm teaching intensives or uh, we now have a weekly 505 that's meeting, um, we've got practicum, we've got internship, all of those pieces really kind of give me that sort of student feel that I need. And I feel like for students, right, it gets reciprocated, like you said, because I love getting emails and I get them repeatedly. Students like either in their residency or they graduated or they're like, Hey, Dr. Lily, just an update. I had you in 505 and and beyond, right? Hey, I just landed my first job. I don't know. I just love reading those because I feel like they're fully, right? They get the full credit for that with God. Like that is them. But I'm like, oh, I had a little piece of that. Like it's just yeah. a minor little piece. But there's that piece. I feel like, Jeff, it's warming for you guys. But man, for us, like, I don't know, because I truly feel like I'm I'm training professionals, right? And, yeah. I, and I want to do that. I want people to launch and I want them to launch well. That's why I feel like I'm so big on the wellness and I'm so big on the Christian worldview like that are my that's my two things along with empathy. Right. Because I feel like those are such key things. And if you can leave our program and know that and know it well, then, man, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I think that's a a perfect way to wrap this up for today. Dr. Lilly, thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute joy. Um, uh, it's always a fun time to, to to talk with you. And thank you for just being such a, a powerful impact at Liberty and, and others' lives, especially in this field. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for what you do. It's, it's a great honor to have this time with you. And I know you're very busy. So thank you for, for reserving this for us on your calendar. Mm-hmm. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, and just to wrap up, I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope that uh, you're able to take something from this episode and be able to apply it into your own situation, your own life, and that you keep listening. Uh, we're going to have other uh, great guests coming up here in the near future.